I'm Julie Podowitz, CEO and founder of Grow Your Occupancy. Our passion is helping senior living providers maximize sales efforts and increase revenue. Join me as I chat with industry leaders who share their tips and strategies, and we'll have some fun along the way. Hello, and welcome to a very special Pride edition of the Grow Your Occupancy podcast. I'm Julie Podowitz, and today my special guest is Josh LeBlanc. Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, Julie. Thank you for having me. <laughs> hey, Josh. Uh, this is, uh, well, one of my favorite months is uh, June, Pride Month, and for many, many reasons, and I really appreciate you jumping on. Uh, tell, tell me a little bit about what you do for a living. Yeah, so I am the director of sales and marketing at a uh, franchise group specializing in reconstruction, restoration, really just helping people when they need help and in, in their time of need. So restoration and their time of need, where they live, or maybe if things have been destroyed, and yeah, it can be uh, can be where someone lives. It can be their business. So really, it's just if there's a fire, if there's a flood, storms, anything that really hurts a building structure. Uh, that's when we come in and kind of say, okay, work with your insurance companies and how can we help you? How can we get your house back? So it's something that feels like home again, or if it's a business, how do we get it back up and running quickly? So that way you're not downtrodden by uh, loss of income, right? Wow. So it's helping them when they really don't know who's going to help. I mean, that sounds rewarding. It's a great company that I work for. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's good to know that what you're doing is making the world a better place in some way. I, I always believe that leave this world better than you found it. And I think this type of an industry just allows you to do that. That's a great philosophy. I do too. And I think we can, it, by being simply by being kind you know, to, yeah. to another person, we're leaving things better than what, what we found. I mean, and that's a very basic, should be a fundamental and then we get segue here in <laughs> month. Uh, we know that that's not always the case, uh, but anyway, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, but since it is Pride Month, I was wondering if you could tell us just a little bit about you from a personal story and 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 maybe a little bit of of your coming out and your journey. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, a little bit about me. I am born and raised in the state of Rhode Island, small state, small town. Um, and as far as my coming out, I, it took me a while to grapple with telling my story because my story, I feel, is not the quintessential, unfortunately, or the traditional of heartbreak that so many people my age experienced. Um, and their stories do need to come to the forefront so that way parents can grow and, and youth can grow and understand that it does get better when it's hard. I was very blessed with having two very supportive parents very early on in life. And even as I'm in my thirties, I'm noticing times when I was six or seven and they would just embrace what I wanted to do, but protect me while I was doing it. So an example is I wanted to be the pink power ranger so bad when I was six years old. And rather than my parents saying, absolutely not, that's for girls or for boys. They said, absolutely. At the house with your friends, no problem, wear that. When we go out, you're going to wear the Hercules costume this year. And as a kid, you don't understand. You're like, oh, oh you didn't? No. Well, because at six, you're like, well, why? That's not, I, that's not what I want to wear. And then you hit your 20s and 30s and you look back and say, they were letting me be who I wanted to be, but protecting me at the same time. 
while I was still too young to understand if other people didn't protect me. And I think that's so important to, especially as kids who grow up in other areas. I'm from the North. I'm blessed. There are other areas in this country and in other countries where they don't have that same safety in public. So for parents to know you can keep your kids safe and educate them and protect them inside and outside the home is important. It doesn't have to be the same way inside and outside the home. Um, so, yeah. so you were very fortunate You and, yeah. and, and it sounds like you grew up feeling safe. I did. I did. I had parents who gave me opinions, but led me where I wanted to go. Um, and never, never shied away from my sexuality or being involved in a community or doing, I was a cheerleader. I was a dancer, never felt a stigma. And that was before I came out officially at, at 14. Um, they embraced that opportunity for me. My dad was a cheer dad. He used to sit in the front row, uh, with his t-shirt on. So yeah, I feel like they were just what you imagine good parents to be wanting the best for their kid and steering in the right way. You know, pride is uh, pride, right? And, and we, of course, we equate pride and pride month, LGBTQ, and in, in my humble opinion, human rights, but the yeah. rights of LGBTQ. And uh, we need to have this, these awareness, the special times of awareness, because there's still plenty of room and plenty of, you know, uh, places for individuals and, you know, us as a society and a world to embrace humanity, uh, something that, in my, again, opinion should just be a basic right. And we, uh, you, you mentioned your, your parents being very proud of you. And, and isn't that, isn't that as parents, right, is that to embrace and be proud period right yeah. and you mentioned you know being wanting to do cheer or wanting to do, and in I mean, there's so much there's so much you know always to unpack is such a such an important topic but why not like and whether whatever your sexuality is if you want to cheer you cheer you know yeah. I, I don't know if it would if we as as people sort of have this preconceived idea you know that boys don't wear this type yeah. of costume oh my gosh we still are blue for boys pink for girls you know and and it, it's a shame that and there's nothing wrong with being pink for girls we have a girl and her, her look like her room we you know we throw yeah. up abysmal but there's also if you know if you wanted to wear a tutu to, to school however he it sounds like your parents we're aware enough to think, oh, you know, perhaps others aren't as accepting or yeah. would our child be ostracized? If I think in the 90s, the, even the idea of heteronormativity wasn't a concept, right? Because that's just what life was in a lot of senses. And then early 2000s brought opportunity to understand gender studies and what is it to be female versus male. It's not a color. It's not your clothing. It's, I mean, high heels were originally worn on men, not women back in the 1700s. Um, so I think for my parents and me being in the nineties, they didn't have a concept of this is for boys. This is for girls. They had a concept of what are people going to say, but how do I not take my kid's creativity away from him? How do I allow him to be whoever he wants to be and shape the world around him? 
Um, my dad always said, like, be true to yourself first. And that allowed me to do so being young. Didn't mean being gay was always easy for me, I will say. Like, I think ex- though I had accepting parents, it was harder for me to accept it for myself, knowing that in the early 2000s, I wasn't feeling like I was the norm in a lot of ways. I think media played a large role um, where it was, you often hear like my gay best friend or um, the gay guy. It's like, okay, so it's a minority that is held to a, you're fabulous, but you're still a minority and you still are different from the average, which is a very uncomfortable feeling for anybody. Interesting. Interesting. I don't like the words like normal and, you know, average, but you, but statistically, statistically, absolutely, uh, you know, heterosexual, uh, it would be the, you know, the greatest percentage, right. Of people. Uh, So we assume, you know, as, as you're growing up, Oh, do you have a girlfriend or, you know, does, does they have a boyfriend? Um, number one, I don't know why that's important to people, but it seems to be when you're like 14, 15 years old, like I would never ask somebody, but we, uh, you you know, we're, that is the, it's almost like when someone's a senior in high school say, where are you going to go to college? Right. We're sorted that that's certainly not the only path and it's not necessarily the right path. It's, it's, large retire yeah so like um do we being the um being the uh the gay guy right or being the minority uh only as a woman i mean and women were still minorities but i you know that's got to feel you do have to feel like the odd guy out sometimes yeah, and I think, uh, and to your point, what I'm hearing you say too, I think women have felt that for centuries, right? And it just, it's slow and it's chipping away and you still, it's one step forward, three steps back. And I think that's what we're experiencing now is early 2000s, it started to gain more traction in the media, our community, my community, and it has continued to grow. I mean, mainstream media nowadays is so embracing but that doesn't stop other areas from taking two steps back. When you look at politics and you look mm. at those types of topics. Yeah. So every fight is two steps forward, one step back, but it's important to recognize both sides. I think. Right. I mean, if we're only looking at the back, we're going to be in yeah. a state of frustration and anger. Even and, yeah, Anguish. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it, um, the, what, what would you say, like, why, what did you feel you said, I, you know, my parents and it wasn't that difficult to come out, but it was more for myself. Like what, why, why was it, was it because you felt like the minority or, okay. I think there's that. And I think, especially among youth, doesn't matter how much confidence you hold when other people tell you what you are, that is diminishing. And so there was being a cheerleader before I officially come out or anything of that nature, being told that I was gay by other people almost makes you psychologically want to go the other way and say, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm denying it. I'm denying it. That makes that coming out process so much harder. And I I pray and I hope that the youth of today from what we see and and from their exposure to it, hopefully don't have that same issue for lack of better term amongst their peers. 
-hmm. peer pressure isn't just telling you to do something it's telling you who you are interesting and i mean can you try to imagine how impossible this is this journey would be for for folks and there are many many men and women who are don't have supportive parents yeah. in fact a real strong knowledge that they would be ostracized and, and in some cases thrown out of their homes how hard i mean you're grappling with and you're pretty comfortable with yourself you have parents who love you no matter yeah. what and you're still you know it's still difficult how you know that that's why i said suicide rate and i mean it's just how how the youth that don't have like we love you unconditionally but not really yeah it's not unconditional yeah it is of course it's conditionally so how how do you help have you had any experience like maybe helping another person or knowing somebody that's gone through a real yeah. challenge like that yeah i think um i think we all do really and we just don't know it until the time comes right so your first kind of question i heard was uh, can you imagine? I can't. I, I genuinely can't, even knowing their stories. So I've had friends who have been so afraid of coming out or have come out and do not have contact with their parents, their families at all, right? Um, there is no way to help other than I found to let them know that there is chosen family. Family is not blood. And so that doesn't necessarily ease the pain of what they're they have felt because a lot of these times I've met them as an adult and I wasn't there during this tumultuous time in their life. Um, but letting them know that they can still have a family and still have people that love and care and would, would do anything for them unconditionally because chosen allows for unconditional. I don't necessarily believe that the family they're born into completely and utterly gives you unconditional love. There are obviously blessings and scenarios. I know with your family and my family, yes, and my, my partner's family, but not always. Mm -hmm. And I think there's, again, holding on to the stigmatization of family means unconditional. I would do anything for you. Well, no, not necessarily. Which um, has got to be uh, in so incredibly uh impossible to for us to even believe i mean i had a, you know an unconditional and have an unconditional mom i had uh, somewhat of a conditional dad as long as you you know went to school and you did this and you got straight a's and you did all these things and i so i have a tiny like sort of kind of inkling right but uh i you know magnify that by and and like you said and i love the way you said it josh that it doesn't make it to say, look, I love you unconditionally. When your parents your, or your sisters or whomever, it, you can't erase that pain. No. It, it's, and you know, acknowledge that pain and, 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 and hopefully, like you said, just adding your unconditional love helps ease it just slight, even slightly, uh, because you can't like saying, oh, your parents aren't worth it anyway, does not help. It doesn't. You can't ever fill that void for anyone. And I know having friends is always important. My biggest thing is advocating for education and for media because there are shows now. Um, well, there's a couple things. So there's shows like RuPaul's Drag Race um, and, and different shows that really embrace the community that allow for those stories to be mainstream. So kids in small towns know 
it really does actually get better. And this is that on a level you couldn't maybe dream of right now. All you have to do is get out and you will get out one day. Um, and then there's organizations like the Trevor Project and knowing that those are out there and that they exist is so important. And the best way to know is through media and through mm -hmm. kids knowing that there is an outlet that will help protect, serve you just to be you. You know, I love, I love what you're saying. And there's a show on Netflix and yay, it's been uh, renewed for two seasons called Heartstopper. Okay. I haven't heard Have that. you? No. Stop what you're doing right now. Go on Netflix and watch Heartstopper. Okay. And, oh, it, and what, um, the show is fantastic. It's a UK based, uh, that's takes place in, in, uh, in England, I believe. And it is a story it's a it's a teenage they're teenagers and it's a teenage love story it's a comedy drama right yeah without um it, it, you just watch it because it just normalizes it's everything that you see in a in a, you know in a, a teenage sort of a love dramedy with the you know the angst and then this and then that the two leads happen to be two young men right and i well, I just love the show and I, it is a great show. Everyone should watch it, but I just love that. Yes. Of course, the fact that they're gay is, is, is part of the story, but it's not, yeah. ugh, you know, not whole story. it's exactly. And it's like, that's, we need that. So like, um, the, the, the gay best friend, you know, it is like, how often is in every single movie that the narrative. girl has the, the African-American gay, goofy, great friend. I'm like, I want that friend. None of us have that friend. <laughs> no, no. But it's like, why, why does it have to be? I love it. I love we've got some, some diversity, but we need to take it up a notch. From, yeah. Like, yeah. Like the silly, goofy, gay best friend. Exactly. Because to that point, that creates this narrative and this story of that's the whole person. Being yeah. gay is all of Joshua. That's just a very small subsect, right? right? And that, to your point, that's what that creates. And we've never, I as a heterosexual have, have, have never had the experience of, um, and I'm not an actor, but, you know, oh, Julie, the heterosexual, you know, talk to me yeah. about your, your heterosexuality. Like, well, you know, it's, it's so personal and it's, I guess you just, we are just who we are and, and in why we can't in one hand on one hand in the media you know and uh at least like you said at least there's some representation at least or you know gay marriage you know marriage between yeah. you know cross our fingers and on the flip side right it feels like you said we, we've progressed in so many ways and then uh, we're we're like squeaking to a, a halt and going backward and yeah. others i i i just where do you think that comes from? Fear. Of I what? Fear of the unknown. I think oftentimes what we see is, and not just in this situation and, and with LGBTQ uh, AI plus community, but it's around the world. The fear of something you don't have any experience or empathy for creates a dichotomy of anger and aggression. Um, and the reason I feel that is oftentimes we see the legislations that come out, uh, or the attacks on different communities 
from areas who don't have any saturation of that community. And so for them to speak on somebody else's experience in their life to say, I don't think that's right. I don't want that around. Well, that's probably actually not around you because realistically, I'm not going to live where you live for fear of you. And so it's a, it's a fear of unknown. It's a fear of not having control over that and of becoming a minority, I think, right? Often mm -hmm. we hear of this group is taking over the US or this is happening, this is happening. So your fear, what I'm hearing that person say is you're afraid of living in the world that I had to live in all, my whole life. Uh, you're afraid of not being the norm anymore. I'm not going to hurt you. <laughs> There's nothing I can do. Right, right, right. Of course not. Of course not. It's like catchy. I, I, I mean, I fear this and I don't want to keep awake at night, but this book banning and oh, we can't say stuff in schools and it, it's like it's catchy or something. And I mean, I, I haven't been in high school for many, many years yeah. um, or middle school, but I highly doubt that people are, are okay, today we're going to learn how to be uh, LGBTQ AI plus. It's so unbelievably absurd in which what we should be doing um, or what I would want to have, see happen is like the Heartstopper show. You know, in history, if we're talking, we're not making it the story or the point. If we're talking about, uh, you know, it, it, a person or the, um, what's the man, the gentleman's name who um, was the, it, it helped in World War, it practically helped win World War II for us. And there was a movie made of for of him. He ended up committing suicide because being gay, you could be castrated still in the 60s in the UK. Gosh. Oh, sure. right. I, I, I'll think of it in a minute. But like that is a history. That's a you know, you could just talk about this. Like I didn't realize this the impact because it was there was a statute of limitations on confidentiality of the you know with war and spies yeah. and everything. So we talk about history without having to talk too much about his first name starts, last name starts with the T, um, his sexuality. Now it does have a terrible ending because he committed suicide, but isn't, can we say died by suicide because of what was happening? No. And that's just a historical fact, right? Why is that a bad thing to talk about? And, you know, why, and I think you're right. I think it's that fear and we're banning books and we're, I mean, you know, uh, I'm no historian, but just look back a few years here. Yeah. I mean, there's books that are written about the future, dystopian societies where we ban books. So I think that's always comical. And that's probably, that's more than likely a banned book now. Um, I think <laughs> there is, there is so much miseducation that occurs around these legislations as well. Um, and the one that always comes to mind, it's very poignant right now, is the anti-drag bills that are happening. Oh, happening. oh what but is up with this? So many people that I've spoken to, and I, I really, I'm an advocate for this, don't realize that that bill and how it's written and how those states activate it is not, it is, a, it is absolutely an attack on drag community. It is a larger attack on the trans community and trans women specifically. That is an attack on them and those individuals being able to live their lives in the same human rights way that we all are as Americans. Because if a trans woman were to walk down the street, 
in those states, they could be arrested purely for dressing in a misgendered clothing. And it's, it's, just, it's heartbreaking. It's it, that, yeah, heartbreaking, maddening, you know, tough to stay in the state of being so frustrated, right? Yeah. But, you know, grow, if it's like, you know, companies grow your occupancy and like grow your compassion, grow your love, grow your acceptance, you know, and in, you know, the, the, the pursuit of, of life, liberty, you know, and, and, and happiness. I, I just, Josh, have to go back to who cares what clothing, like if some, somebody wants to dress up whatever and whatever, or if they're trans or whatever, what does it matter to you? I don't, I understand it intellectually. I just don't get it. I don't get it. It's like if you wanted to be a mechanic, what right right even if you think that that's not a good career choice who cares <laughs> they want to be a mechanic you know or fly into space i mean what what is it why could we not just leave each other alone no and it's the epitome of judging a book by its cover at that point that person hasn't spoken to you they haven't said a word i well, always complete oh, racism i mean you know let's yeah. go back to lynching people and it just i always make i always try to make the funny uh, piece of it of are you gonna let a clown read to your children are you gonna let a clown walk down the street <laughs> you don't know what gender a clown is at that point they're a clown but you're if they're a fabulous clown if they oh. do their makeup really well right, and right. they put more than a red wig on well now it's bad it's like okay so you can't be a high-end clown right, right only low-end clowns are legal it's just insanity i think the clown analogy is a great is a great one all the way around honestly yeah what advice would you give a young person going through kind of identity and, and, you know, kind of learning who they are and maybe struggling? Yeah. Um, I would say that that's a very good question. Um, I would say try to find an outlet as soon as you can that you feel safe. And that can be theater in schools, that can be uh, cheerleading, that can be a sport, that can be, it, an outlet can exist anywhere. When I was in the eighth grade before cheerleading, dealing with identity, I went into math leads. I am not a math person. If you ask anyone that works with me, I'm a calculator guy. But I knew that the people in that club I had made friends with, I trusted that teacher, I had a safe space to start figuring out who I was. So just look around and know there is going to be at least one safe space for you. Find it soon as soon as you can. Um, yeah. That is great advice. And I appreciate so much you sharing and allowing me to vent a little bit here. I feel a little friendly. We, we all got to get to, we all got to stick together and uh, continue to, to grow our, uh, our minds and our learning and our education around all of these things is extraordinarily important and uh, could just continue to grow our love because that's really what it is, right? That's love the root of it as well. Neighbor. Yes. Thank you again, Josh. And thank you all for listening to the Pride edition of the Grow Your Occupancy podcast. I'm Julie Podowitz, and we will talk with you soon on the next episode. Thanks, Josh. Thank you. Bye.